Hi, and welcome to Under an Open Heaven podcast. We are glad you are joining us as we explore the reality of God's love expressed in Scripture and our own personal experiences. Thanks for joining us today as we explore the reality that we live under an open heaven. Enjoy! Hey, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Arthur Richardson. I have with me Colton Jones, as always. And we're glad to have you back. Alrighty. So we have been chit-chatting a little bit before the podcast and before we started, before we hit the record button, and Colton has a fun idea that he's been just kind of mulling over. Uh, it's, it starts with a pretty interesting phrase, which might take some, a little bit of breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. Fun philosophy. I like hearing about all the fun philosophy. Colton, do you want to sh- start with that phrase and then we can kind of break it down and kind of talk about it and like how that actually connects to our identity and what to do with that and all that fun stuff? Oh boy, sure, sure. All right, let's hop into it, man. So I made it up. So this isn't something that I'm taking from anyone else. In other words, which could smart. be Which could be, a, no, no, it could definitely be a bad thing. Because I mean, like, <laughs> like if you make up a phrase and you try to use words that you don't exactly have a ton of context for, it can be... Or makeup words, or makeup. I'm not making. I'm. I'm just. I'm, I'm creating a couple a, words. I'm. I'm using words that exist, but also I created a, a compound word that I don't. I don't think exists because my spell check says it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> so you made up a word. Maybe you might have, which is well within your right. It's okay. just a compound word. You're fine. Okay. Okay. I was sitting. I can't remember if I was like getting ready for mass or if this is like after mass. Or, or it was, it was probably during communion because that would make sense why this was like in my head. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was just like, oh man, I got to write that down. So I just took out my notes app and I said, now stick with me here. I said, eating and procreation are phenomenological diatropes. And that word came to my head and I'm like, I don't know what this means. Let me figure out what that means. Cause I don't think I've ever heard it before, but so it seems in other like it words, fits. in other words, Jesus gave him a fun new. I word. hope that was the case. <laughs> I mean, I believe I believe Jesus does that. So go so, for it. First part, uh, phenomenological. So the philosophy of phenomenology was really. It, it started in the twentieth century, and it was it started out in Germany, and people who might be known to Christians, but people who were you know, students of phenomenology are like Edith Stein and Carol Atiwa, other otherwise known as Pope John Paul II, most most commonly known that way. And phenomenology is the study of phenomena as, you know, separated from their material cause and their efficient cause. Like, for instance, if you look at a sunset and no, yeah, better example. If you look at a rainbow, you look at something that exists not really as itself. It it it's it's a phenomena in itself. You know, you know why it's materially caused. Mm-hmm. You know, say like the the sun is shining just at the right angle to re- refract light through water droplets suspended in the atmosphere and you view that as a a range of colors and then you have a freak out because it's a double rainbow yes yeah for those of our audience that are old enough to remember double rainbow guy (laughs) so (laughs) it's like a very niche age group anyway sorry yeah so it's like you 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 separate say the rainbow from the material and efficient causes which would be like 
you know what ma- the material causes obviously the, the the sunlight and the rain and just the right conditions then the efficient causes like what things led to that happening you know mm-hmm. uh for instance like it's it's stormed and then the storm receded and the sunlight was present and stuff like that so it's like you take those causes and you just sort of push them off to the side and you consider the phenomenon as itself and you seek to understand what it is fundamentally and mm-hmm. you can do that same thing like for instance eating eating materially is i grab something that's edible i shove it in my face and i nom nom and it becomes a part of me more or less and in my, my body <laughs> my, my body metabolizes the the carbohydrates the lipids and the so proteins are you nom nom <laughs> yes that's scientific terminology okay. right yeah. there Arthur. this is the chemist all right <laughs> yes and, and you, yeah, your body takes all of that stuff it breaks all the bonds and and reorganizes all of those all of that material into new into other proteins and other things that your body uses and all that stuff. So that's, that's eating in the material and efficient causation. But if you consider it phenomenologically, it simply is I, I take in something from the external world and assimilate it internally to myself. Mm-hmm. So you, it's more or less like what is happening, you know, what is the phenomenon abstractly? So that's phenomenology. The second part of the term, diatrope. Dia, two. Dia is just two. Uh, trope, the dictionary definition of trope is a figurative or metaphorical use of a word or expression. So whenever we're viewing eating through a phenomenological frame, we're looking at it in a way symbolically, at least in my exact use of it, where I say eating and procreation are phenomenological diatropes. So that means that if we consider eating both from, you know, phenomenologically and metaphorically, it has sort of an inverse in the act of procreation. Mm -hmm. So eating, I take in from the world and assimilate it into myself. And procreation is to like externally generate what was internal. So it's giving outwards that which was a part of you. Yeah. You know, so... That that includes reproduction as well as the arts or crafting or like yeah, any kind absolutely, of yeah. creation. Creation, sense. right? Yeah. yeah, like any kind of brain baby, if you will. Sure. Yeah. yeah, and that's 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 exactly right. And but both actions are fundamental to humanity. Our our human nature, in order to survive individually, we must eat. Mm-hmm. In order to survive as a species, we must procreate. Yep, and that's. I don't know, that's just fundamental. And I thought, I'm like, okay, now how do I understand communion this way? Because this this is what like blew my mind as I was considering that. Because I'm like, all right, Jesus came. He, he had the last supper. He said, take and eat. Mm-hmm. This is my body. Take and drink. This, this is, is my, my blood. blood. The blood of the new covenant, which yeah. is given up for you. Yes. And so it's like, okay. There's a lot of stuff going on here. He's becoming, or yeah, he, he's becoming food for us in this. And um, yeah, yeah. And so it's, he, he's giving us himself to feed us physically, feed us. But in the, in the same way, we know that in scripture, Christ is referred to as the bridegroom. 
I don't I don't think that's really contested very much. It shouldn't be because it's Yo. like <laughs> it's very clear. Like he he's he's the the groom of he's the bridegroom of the church and of the soul. Yes. Yeah. And of the soul. And and we know from Isaiah it's God desires to marry his people. Mm-hmm. Straight up told him that. And we know this also from the Song of Songs, from what Jesus himself says. A preponderance of from things from literally like almost all of scripture. I think all, there's a reference in almost all of the the, the epistles, the letters yeah. um, from, you know, Paul or John or Peter. So and especially in Revelation. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. So, so we got to ask ourselves, OK, if God, if Christ is the bridegroom to his people, how does that play out? Because we know what married couples do. They procreate, you know, they, they, they generate life from their union. So how is this signified in us? People might say, and rightly so, it's through scripture. You know, Christ's word lives, it's living, breathing, and, mm-hmm. and, and the Holy Spirit is living and breathing. The Holy Spirit overshadows us and gives us life. Yeah. That generates life within us. And like, yes, yes, absolutely. But also in a more tangible, substantial way. In communion. Yeah. Because, you know, um, I can't remember the exact part of scripture, but Christ says, unless you eat and drink of the flesh and the blood of the son of man, you will not have life within you. Mm-hmm. So he was very, very, this is in John 6. John 6. And uh, it's not just eat. The The Greek translates a little bit better to gnaw. Trogos. Yeah. yeah. So there, there are two Greek words that are used for like consume and to gnaw. So consume is just phagen, mm-hmm. meaning to, to, you know, to take and to consume, but to trogos is to, oh, oh, nah, yeah. to nom. <laughs> the nom nom. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, he, he was like, yes, he was like trying to be more, more uh, visual with them. Like this is going to be something like you can eat physically. And they were all freaking out. Of course, understand. We, we, we know that he was pretty serious about that when he talked about it. Um, in, the fact that he didn't go into too much detail about, you know, the, the, <laughs> the fine philosophy that goes into what communion actually is, mm-hmm. it gives us a lot of food for thought. <laughs> so to speak. So it's, it feeds us even more to consider what it means. Was that intentional? Please tell me it was. It happened, Arthur. <laughs> uh, so I, I love it. Yeah. So it become, he becomes more food for us as we consider what he, what he says means. And, you know, by, by intaking Christ in that way, we receive him not only as food, but as spouse. And when Christ lives in us in that way, mm-hmm. we, we assimilate him physically. And well, what should be happening? We should be, we should be, you know, generating that life outwards yeah, for others, towards others, towards the world. Absolutely. Um, and I, I think just to play off of that real quick, I think that there can be a temptation, right, that we check the box of we, we receive communion mm-hmm. during the weekend on, on our, you know, Sabbath worship, you know, whatever that looks like, whether it be Saturday night or Sunday or whatever it is. Yeah. One of the early church fathers said, ignorance of the word is ignorance of Christ. Mm-hmm. If we are not gnawing on the word, yeah. we're not assimilating. It's more than just checking a box. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even vice versa, right? Like if you're just, you know, doing your Bible study, 
you know, you're kind of cranking through it and doing it even, even just on just an intellectual level. Well, there's nothing wrong with just an intellectual level, but it cannot replace the, the gnaw that our minds, that our hearts need to do yeah. with God, right? And, 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 you know, vice versa with communion. So what do you think that tells us about ourselves then? Whenever I think about that, it's like, I, I know there are times when I do not exercise my mind enough and I'm just tired. I might have all the rest in the world physically. I might have slept very, very well. But, uh, you know, like say if I'm just like watching YouTube or like now it's Facebook reels because they're trying to rip off TikTok. Um, so is Instagram. It's okay. Yeah, it's happening everywhere. But say if I'm just like <laughs> feeding my brain with that stuff, I, I still get like this, this tiredness, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like if all you ate was cheap food or candy, you know, things that weren't really quality for your intellect, you're not going to get the energy you need. You're not going to get the, yeah. the nutrition you need. And that's, I guess, the the diatrope for uh for what's happening mentally yeah um and our soul feels that our soul really feels that you know our soul feels it whenever we're overindulging or maybe we're not treating ourselves right physically but the same thing when it goes like intellectually our our soul is fed from several streams you know mm-hmm well, I mean, if we look first at the physical, I think that we can maybe walk ourselves back in the spiritual to get uh, mm-hmm. a little bit more of an insight in ourselves, right? Um, now, I'm not a full-on-out scientist. At best, I'm a hobbyist. So take what I say with a grain of salt. <laughs> within the gut, there's guttural bacteria, actually within yogurt and other things like that, that have probiotics. Um, it has good bacteria in it and nutrient for good bacteria in our gut. From what I understand, uh, the, it is the microbes in our gut that determine not just our metabolism, but also what we crave. So if I'm feeding myself garbage, you know, cheap, greasy food, the more that the not so good for me bacteria is going to have more of a what's the word I'm looking for? I'm, I'm basically like if you think of it like the the analogy, the old analogy of uh, feeding the two wolves. Mm. This is where this actually comes in to play. You know, you've got the the bad wolf. If you're feeding the bad wolf, it's going to get stronger. If you're feeding the good wolf, it's going to get stronger, right? So the the microbes within my gut are going to determine what I actually crave. So if we look at yeah, if we look at the spiritual life, the more I am feeding my mind what is good, what is like, you know, new ideas, creative things, you know, um, pouring new information in, pondering it, chewing it, like actually assimilating it and actually like discerning it, right? Because mm-hmm. um, admittedly, even uh, there, there, there's stuff within scripture that take that needs discernment. Right, we need to not. That's why we need to not on the word, is that it takes wisdom, and the more we do that, the more wisdom we have, the better. So the more we're working these mysteries through, the stronger we're going to be. Be able to eat it, desire it, 
all, all these things. Yeah. But if we're feeding our minds and our hearts with quick, easy information that is just vaguely satisfying or just vaguely funny, and but it's just easy, right? Our tensions are going to go down. You know, I've noticed that <laughs> uh, there's these TikTok or um, real inter- internet questions being asked of like, um, how many, <laughs> this is hysterical, um, are there more wheels or doors in the world? It's like this big philosophical question, right? And I hear yes. this question and I'm like, no, seriously, like this is like literally, I've heard nothing but that this entire weekend. Um, <laughs> I hear this question. I think this, this is the question that you're pondering <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with like having fun with it. Right. Like there's nothing wrong with like cutting, you know, like cutting through the different, what defines a door, what defines a wheel, what defines these things that are being counted and like, you know, trying to get a good estimate. Cause you know, that, that's a fun little exercise. Sure. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, like it's kind of funny. I, I threw this out to somebody that I know, uh, for their sake, I'm going to keep them, uh, incognito. And I, I said, okay, that's an interesting question, but what about this one? Do we want to solve the problem of world hunger or do we want to give everyone the ability to take care of themselves, to be self-sustaining and contribute to this, to society? You know, like that's, that's kind of the over, I heard this question being posed in a leadership thing that I was, I was kind of doing some research. So in the idea, give a manifest or teach a manifest sort of. Yes. But a little bit more thought out. Right. This is this is a deeper question that actually will instill change. Right. Whereas within TikTok or whatever, you know, you have 12 seconds or seven seconds or whatever it is to entertain or whatever, you know, um, and that's where our attention span is driven to. We're trained to be attentive for seven seconds at a time. But the irony is for like four hours, I guess. I'm not just attacking Gen Z or people who watch TikToks or Instagram reels or whatever it might be. Um, it, it, it is just something that's really popular. So I was just bringing that up for discussion. Personally, my thing is, and I know a lot of other people who don't maybe fall into the, the reel watching, uh, they're watching a lot of Disney Plus or Netflix or Hulu or HBO or whatever the streaming service is, or if not that, then it's probably like sports, you know? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, the reels are designed to reel you in. Probably. Oh, for sure. But yeah. I mean, for sure. We all have the capacity to overindulge in any thing that's good to use candy as an example, candy in, in small portions is not bad. Mm-hmm. Right. But to, overindulge in that to eat continuously for four hours straight not good for you you know um the same same kind of concept right it's good to laugh it's good to be entertained here and there um but to overindulge in any in any entertainment is not good for the brain so uh i just want to have that little comment in there um just to clarify and make sure that no one feels like they're being personally attacked. Uh, cause that is not the intention. Um, you know, if you feel like 
maybe a little convicted of, you know, like, oh man, I, I do that. I, I, I'm listening. I'm watching reels for like four hours straight. <laughs> um, you know, we're not attacking you. You know, we, we both have our own little things that we were working on, you know? So, uh, there's nothing wrong with acknowledging like, Hey, there's, this is an area that I can grow in, you know? So just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. That's, that's very true. Like it gets me thinking about the psychological development of people, especially younger people. Um, the reason why attention spans are short is because people are have sort of that payoff moment mm -hmm. sooner and sooner or, or faster and faster. It's like, yes, with things like, like fast media, I would call it like TikTok is fast media. You yeah. know, whenever you hear a TikTok, say someone's narrating it, cause that's often like a popular way to do it. It's like they're, they're, they're talking fast. They're getting through things quickly or, you know, it's, it's, it's about, it, it's not necessarily about telling a long story. Mm -hmm. um or anything like that and you see a, a lot of attention issues with people young uh you, you know teens and young adults and also like adults who who are becoming more recently diagnosed with things like adhd and add yeah um and it makes you kind of wonder like what exactly is this doing to us we are as humans we are analogical we are in our very core we live in analogy yeah uh because we we're always connecting things to to spiritual realities or um like for instance if i if i say something figurative to you to you you understand it you don't have to understand you don't have to i don't have to speak mechanically about everything i don't have to speak literally um we use figures of speech that are analogies mm -hmm. and that's built into our nature, not just, um, not just our speech patterns and communications, but our very nature. So what is this habit that we're forming really doing to us? Do you think, uh, this, this quick sort of culture? I mean, it, I think it boils down to that idea and I mean, this analogy runs itself dry at some point, but with the two wolves, right? Mm -hmm. You know, um, which one am I feeding? Yeah. And which one is stronger? Right. And I think the consequence of the, the bad one being stronger is we, not only do we crave maybe what is not quite as good for us, and like by that, I mean like time is wasted. Like, I mean, when I was a youth minister, I heard some of my teens would spend countless hours each night, like three to four, if not more. They go to bed after midnight each night, sleep deprived, watching seven second videos, mm -hmm. you know, and they would say, oh, I'm just so tired. I can't, I don't have enough sleep. And I'd like ask them simply well, what do you, you have like that much homework like what's going on they're like ah oh, no, i actually didn't have that much homework i man there's just all these funny reels i got sucked in it was like you could put your phone on like the table before you go to bed or something oh no it's what i need to go to sleep and so it yeah. became something that was dependent yeah. they were dependent on it 
Right. Right. And I tell you what, you don't need that to go to sleep, you know? No, no, it's, it's, <laughs> it's quite the opposite effect. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's, that's like, you have this overbearing desire to consume. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, I know that desire, you know, I, I get that. So this actually brings me to another thing that came up recently, kind of in prayer, um, has been really understanding fasting in a different way. Mm -hmm. Uh, because right now is the season of Lent and in Lent we're called to pray, give alms and fast. So I've always had struggle understanding what the purpose of fasting is. It's like, okay, so we, we, we eat less, you know, and that's just what we do. Why do we, why do we, why do we do it? What is the purpose of it? Mm -hmm. And I was maybe on a roll of thinking in terms of, um, phenomenology, I guess, if I want to mm. stick to that. Um, and my, I had sort of a brainchild to bring that term back into play. Um, <laughs> that I, like I, that term. I, wrote, I wrote down a bit. Wow. That's a book. <laughs> I'm not probably not going to read all of it, but I, I said in fasting, um, the desires that we previously indulged have become clearly defined. So like, for instance, when you don't eat, if you just decide to cold turkey, stop eating, you're going to realize that you're hungry. Oh yeah. And you're going to know exactly what you're hungry for. Mm -hmm. But if you wait longer, say maybe if you, but it, maybe if like you even eat less, we're going to realize more of what that hunger is actually for. Mm -hmm. So if you come to someone who hasn't eaten in like three days and you put before them like, uh like steak and potatoes and then a pile of candy what are they going to go for steak and potatoes why because they're actually hungry for something that's going to fill them up exactly yeah something substantial we yeah. we we desire that but we often whenever we do indulge we indulge in the superfluous things the superficial things that are not filling but not sweet filling. yeah so like that's that's like that's what it does. So fasting mm -hmm. illuminates in us what we're actually supposed to be doing. That's why I think Christ went out to the desert. Whenever he fasted, it's not like he was just trying to beat himself with a with a stick. Mm -hmm. You know, he he wasn't repenting from any sins because the dude was sinless. So what was the purpose of his fasting? I think it was for one, yes, to be a model for us in uh in this way specifically to show us how we confront temptation. Mm -hmm. So if I were to put candy in front of a kid who eats candy all the time and candy in front of a kid who hasn't eaten a lot lately, maybe, maybe I put scratch that. Maybe I put them both in front of that plate of steak and potatoes and candy. I bet you the kid who eats candy a lot, and hasn't fasted will more likely go to the candy than the steak. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like whenever we're confronted in temptation with superfluous things, because Satan can't tempt us with anything with actual substance. It's just not something he has at his disposal for temptation. Um, we, we know the truth because we're built for that truth. Yeah. So whenever Satan was tempting Jesus in the desert with like, I will give you all the kingdoms, kingdoms of the world. And Jesus 
quoted truth right back to him out of scripture um, and took him to the you know parapet of the temple to jump off and angels will catch you. And he's like, don't tempt God, which was kind of funny because that's literally what Satan was doing. He was tempting God. Yeah. It was Jesus. He's like, hey, don't do it. Um, but also, you know, ob- like obviously telling us like, don't tempt God. Mm-hmm. Whenever, like the whole point of fasting is to be able to appropriately confront temptation in your life. Yeah. Um, and in fasting in a way, whenever you cut out the unnecessary and even some of the necessary things the exact reason you have your desires become clearer and clearer so whenever you're met with something that actually tempts you you can more clearly see like this isn't gonna make me happy this isn't gonna fulfill Mm -hmm. that that actual deep desire that i have for substance for truth um and that's ultimately i think what fasting is is for for us to be more aware of our desires yeah, and what we're made for. Yeah, for sure. I've got one more note and then maybe we can kind of wrap it up. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing that really is a good indicator of what we're consuming both mentally and, you know, just food wise, right. Is uh, our ability to produce, mm-hmm. right. Um, I think that's huge. And, uh, you know, I think just in my own reflection, my own kind of just study of myself, study of scripture, study of, you know, the different um, things that have been said for the past 2,000 plus years, you know, I've noticed that when I am studying and just like always thinking on, what is good maybe not even necessarily like churchy stuff but like what is good you know um i have a lot more freedom i Mm -hmm. have freedom of mind freedom of of thought um like the thoughts that i am able to produce even in my normal day work life of like this process that i'm trying to just iron out you know, I'm more insight, more um, epiphanies, if you will. You know, just like th- things just become more productive when I'm thinking about good things. But when I'm just consuming, um, you know, uh, all of the <laughs> all of the video games, all the, um, you know, uh, what, what was it that I just binge watched? uh boba fett (laughs) (laughs) um you know like which not a bad show by any means but i also binged it you know like definitely noticed for a few days during that time that i binged it and also after i was sluggish in mind i Mm. had a harder time being able to produce well uh stay focused um you know things like that yeah um and you know i think i think next week because we're actually fun fact for you all we're going to start moving into doing weekly back at moving back into doing weekly podcasts uh next week we'll be talking on more production side of this um so stay tuned next week um 
to hear more about that that bit of our identity of like how this all works together um of you know what what I consume has an effect on what I produce um so I just want to give you a taste in that real quick so yeah those are that's my last thought uh Colton do you have any other last thoughts or do you think we should end in prayer yeah that that thought on fasting I would say was my last thought so okay. just yeah cool. I would say just just leaving it off with like uh, let's try to understand really understand our desires yeah understand uh what what our hunger is actually for not just physically but mentally yeah spiritually what our hunger is actually for and um i encourage our audience to fast in a particular way that you know that you need to mm-hmm. uh, no one needs to tell you i mean if you have a conscience which i hope you do uh, <laughs> if you have a conscience um that'll help you know yeah Awesome. Alrighty. Let's end in prayer. Alright, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. God, we ask you to connect us to your heart, to your word, to help us to gnaw on who you are, both in communion and That we might be able to actually experience communion with you. That we might be able to actually experience that thanksgiving of living in your life. Of living <sighs> living free. Lord, we hand over to you those desires that we have that sometimes cripple us. We ask you to help us to tame them. More importantly, to give us freedom in you. We ask this in your most holy name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful week. Take care and God bless. Bye. Thank you all so much for joining us this week. We hope that this podcast blessed you. And we ask if it did, share that with the people that you love so that it can bless them as well. If you want to reach out to us, we are available on Facebook. We are under an open heaven. Our email address is under an open heaven.fire at gmail.com. And we are on Instagram at under an open heaven.fire. So Please go uh, give those a gander and send us any feedback that you want. We would be happy to reply to you. God bless. Bye.